Hello, shippers. Welcome to the show. We put together a live show that was kind of crazy in last minute and thought we'd share it in its entirety. So please get on the love ship with Rob Paulson, Brad Norman. Oh my God, I love these people so much. Ben Jackson, who you're going to learn to love too. And then later on, surprise guest, NFL star Tyrell Crosby. It's like being on Ellen all of a sudden. Um, except that I treat you guys so much better, right, Ben? We'll get to that. I don't know what's under my chair. And Ellen or mushrooms. Either way, it's good. <laughs> Do you have mushrooms? That's the only way I will go on, Ellen. Yeah. Come on, Robbie. Let's see some of those moves. I like it, Ben. I have a beard. doctor's note. I don't beard. have to do anything else. Just the beard dancing. Doing <laughs> the pony because I'm old. <laughs> oh, that's that's a dance a moose would make. I mean, what a moose dancer! <laughs> Sign language. Oh, oh good, Mr. Welcome. <laughs> We are so excited for this Ship It Live show. We just decided to do this yesterday because an edit wasn't ready, and I couldn't be more grateful that I stacked the room with the most gorgeous, smart, supportive, amazing guys. I'm obsessed with all of you. It's like if this was the dating game, like from back in the day, I don't know who I'd pick because you're both so, you're all just so glorious. So well, I'm you're just going <laughs> you know, I was staring, I was staring mm, at two of you. Which one of you? I was staring at two of you. Um, <laughs> so let's introduce everybody. And I'm going to start with Robbie P. Robbie, please say hello to the world. Hello, world. It is I, Tara Strong, well, 12th in line for her adoration. As long, you know, I just, honey, you're so out of my league, but thank you very much. <laughs> I don't think that's true. In fact, I think we've tricked you to come onto the Ship It Show where one of you will marry me by the end of the show. Uh, honey, so... like I said, I'd be all over you like white on rice, but, you know, okay. I'm old. Right. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see how you. the show goes. We'll see, if, we'll see if I choose you in the Ship It Show dating game. Created. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a laugh from Brad Norman. Brad, say hi to the world. Hi, everybody. I'm Brad. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hey, Brad. Yeah. Brad Norman, you are like pretty new to people knowing who you are, even though you've been in the business your entire life. But for those who don't know, that's my moose. Hokey smokes. Hi, Brad Norman. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, buddy? He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and the third man who might marry me today is Ben Jackson. Say hello to the world. Hi, world. <laughs> ben. <laughs> Ben, for those of you who don't know, is not someone that works in the booth with us yet. I'll probably cast him in something if he accepts my proposal today. But um, Ben has had the real pleasure of being a good friend of mine. You hear that, I'm Ben? So You're sex. It is a joy. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh, this is how this is this is really like how the union is going to love to hear about how this whole thing started. Yes. Right? Like, <laughs> if you marry me, I'll get you in the union. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my green card. Yeah. Uh, it's like the 1940s. You yeah. run down the central casting uh, in the Max Factor building. No, no, I'm with strong kids. See, I'm with strong. You just let yeah. me in here. See. Anyone for a bassoonist? No. I'll be back tomorrow. I, I could marry a bassoonist. That'd be hot. Uh, we're well, just sure. waiting. No, we'll, we'll, when Greg shows up to the show that he co-hosts but does nothing else for other than show I'm up, here. Like, oh, there he is. <laughs> your, your phone is sideways. Your phone is sideways. That's like that's my day today. 
I mean, no, I'm the day much, your day today is making everyone wait for your burrito. I can't even turn it the other way. I'm trying to, and it won't even. Oh my do god! It. I, you know what? I just decided he is not. He's not on the show today. I'm muting him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fast it can happen, folks. That's how fast it can happen. You fall out of favor. You get kicked to the wayside. Okay, I just yeah. want to let the world know who um, Ben Jackson is to me. He is uh, absolutely one of my dearest closest friends i treasure you so much we met on twitter um we were both very vocal about a certain president that we really hated and um ben um was instrumental in putting together some pretty amazing people to fight for important causes and he's a hero and tireless and works every single day and sometimes comes with me to comic cons where i can stick post-its all over his head and body and yeah, why make him work for me <laughs> uh he also runs my pro page of my um Facebook. So when y'all are telling me how much you're in love with me and wanna make sweet love to me, you're actually talking to Ben, who. <laughs> and I'm single. So... <laughs> and Ben was actually the one who filmed um, our little snippets. If you've seen some of the little animated parts of the Ship It Show together, um, the salad. I think it was actually Ben that dropped the salad. I did drop that salad, yeah. but it wasn't my room, so it was fine smelling it up with all that dressing on Greg's floor. It was fine. Yeah. I was good with that. Oh, did you want to say something, Greg? I was going to say, all those times we've been, uh, you know, I've been direct messaging you and I've been like, you know, like, you've been telling me to take my clothes off and everything. That's been Ben? Yeah. <laughs> it has been. It has been. And this is the most I've seen you dressed on the show, so I'm a... Wow. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> ben, by the way, who lost his Twitter account fighting Nazis. There you go. There you go, Greg. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. No, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless you're boy. here show, show nipples. Um, ben and I have only recently become friends. And yeah. what I like to say is that despite his best efforts, he's a pretty nice guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I um, I normally don't hang around with lower level celebrities like Brad, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm I mean, happy to have him in the in the crowd. And so, I get that. Good. I mean, in me and obscurity, it's like right. I'm like a cat in a windowsill, just yeah. warming warm my belly in the unknown. My Aww. goal is to like basically hang out with people who 20 to 27 percent of the populace knows their name. And so I <laughs> right. feel like you're right. right. This that's is why, that's why we're all here yeah. with you. That's right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, right. And and Greg, yeah. I just decided that today's show we're going to pick my next soon-to-be ex-husband. So you get to pick from the panel of who I'm going to marry today. If you can get off your phone for two seconds. Okay. Wow. So <laughs> I'm not on the phone. I'm actually I'm looking at our live stream on YouTube and, right now. And your burritos. Okay. Cool. Listen, I want to start with everyone's origin story. Um, and I love origin stories. Robbie, you are so beloved in the world, uh, millions and millions of lives you've touched. I just want you to know, like, the universe, pretty happy with you. You've brought oh. a lot of joy to a lot of people, and that's what we're here for. And you really are, always have been such a mensch, such a, such a talent. Can you tell the world how you got started and, and how you got to where you are today? Well, and, why, and why you're in love with me? Those three questions. Oh, well, first... Anybody with a pulse and eyeballs, how could you not? Helen Keller would be a Stevie Wonder would be in love with you. <laughs> um, thank you very much for your kind words, but you are cut from precisely the same cloth, my dear. You know, you, you're you all about joy and happiness. And the fact is that what we all do for a living, you know, I, I kind of consider myself a blue collar worker in the dream factory, you know, and I, my job, we're in the happy business. There is no downside. Um, when we do what we do and people maybe don't know who we are once they find out it's just 
utter joy. And what, what better way to move through life? You're working with people you would choose to have in your life. Um, you get paid well to do essentially what got me in trouble in seventh grade. And, and I'm working every day and nobody cares what I look like. And in our business, I mean, you know, you look fabulous, irrespective of which side of, of the uh, camera you work. But for journeyman actors, as many we all know, but people out there um, may not, it, it's really about, do you fit the suit? Do you look like you could be the, the husband of the girl they hired to be the daughter, you know, whatever. Um, so to not have been limited by that from the mid eighties till right now, um, even though I did a, you know, quite a bit of TV movie stuff in those days, it was St. Elsewhere and MacGyver and Hill Street, but my goodness, what a boon to be an actor and be limited only by your creativity and the kindness of people to hire you. Um, in terms of my, uh, my beginnings, I was born in Motown. I'm a proud son of Detroit, Michigan. Um, I grew up, the only two things I wanted to be in my lifetime was a hockey player and an actor. I learned very early on playing people from your neck of the woods that I had neither the talent, temperament, nor dental insurance to make a fucking nickel as a hockey player. <laughs> so the other thing that really floated my boat was performing, not animation specifically, and I think that's probably true for you. I moved out here ostensibly to do live action. I was a singer who went on the road doing music and theater and moved out here in 1978 to ply my trade. And uh, about eight or nine years after I got here doing a lot of on-camera commercials, probably 40 of them, pile of radio stuff, half a dozen features, episodic television, the opportunity presented itself to audition for animation. And I love cartoons like everybody, but I just, I want to work. I love to work. And um, man, am I glad, not only that that opportunity opened up, because I, I'm having the pleasure of meeting nice new friends now, but you and Greg uh, have been deeply important to me and continue to be, you're, you're, you know, we're dear friends. We've helped each other through some, some gnarly shit. Uh, in addition to being involved in things that make millions of people happy, we don't draw them, we don't write them. It is a deeply collaborative effort. But for some reason, when Yakko shows up, look what happens. It's just marvelous. Or, hey, God, no, it's not, and, and we all have that, we all have that ability. So it has it, it all conspired to lead me here today at your lovely request. And honest to God, you guys, there is no better way to, to, to be able to move through life than to work with your friends, make money, and, and make people happy. So thanks for asking. Robbie P. He's for sure the one I'm going to pick unless anyone else can do better than that. <laughs> okay. Are you guys working together right now? Or are you both on the... Is that still going? No. I don't you know, you guys, you know, Ninja Turtles, yeah. No, I think there's a new maybe version in the in the works. Probably, why not? I mean, they're, that franchise is pretty much bulletproof. Um, right? Imagine the guy first pitching that. They're oh, turtles. Yeah. I used to think of... Well, <laughs> when that happened, I... Uh, we were, I was working on a show with Townsend Coleman, um, who was Michelangelo on the original show. And um, we got a call from Stu Rosen, who did the pilot. And we were doing, we were working together on Fraggle Rock, an animated version of Fraggle Rock for NBC Saturday morning. So that was 
1986, maybe 87. And um, I was, I'm not a big comic book guy, but I, was, but I was familiar with this underground Ninja Turtles thing. But honest to God, you guys, we've all been involved in things that have become enormously successful and conversely involved in things where we thought, oh my God, my ship has come in. This is the show. And then crickets. It's so difficult yeah. to, un to, to divine how it's going to work. But Ninja Turtles is pretty unique. I think I now have been involved in three iterations. I was Raphael in the original show. Greggy and I did a killer version of it from 2012 to 2016 for Nick. And then I directed the immediate version after that called Rise of the TMNT. I was the voice director on that and did a couple of, uh, you know, bad guys. But man, what a, what a franchise. It's just, yeah. So your question, I don't know if they're doing, I think, um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Seth no. Rogen. Seth Rogen. Thanks, buddy. I was going to say Jonah Hill. Yeah, Seth Rogen's doing a feature for Paramount, right? Because it's owned by Paramount and, and uh, Viacom. So, uh, yeah, there's another... It's a Raw, the Ninja Turtles are stoned. It's going to be rad. Right? For, it is. No, for real? Is it animated? No, I don't think... I think it's live action, isn't it, Greg? Live action stoned turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're already stoned. Yeah, really, that's, so. that's a very small about Kevin and Peter when they pitched this a couple of knuckleheads from what is it, Maine? And they borrowed a bunch of, you know, they borrowed money from their families to yeah. make their little comic book. And yeah, there's actually a building here in Massachusetts that where they started. And you can, yeah, it's Massachusetts in Northampton. You actually go to the building and it has TMNT up on the top, like where the gargoyles are. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, you know, yeah. just a couple of bong water drinking downies. Right. <laughs> and, I love that. And, so uh, Kevin, when I last spoke to Kevin Eastman about a year and a half ago, uh, I asked him. I said, "How? How much? How many action? I mean, what?" He said, "To date, about six billion in revenue. I mean, that's it takes it takes Tara five years to make that much money." <laughs> Amazing. Did you, know, did you know that our Ninja Turtles version um, made more money in, uh, than actually um, Nickelodeon was worth? The Ninja Turtles version 2012. They bought it for, I think, like 80 million. 60 million US dollars. And you know what, Greggy? If I had known that, I mean, Tara's got that under the front seat of the Bentley. But I, <laughs> had I known that, we really could have done some uh, cage rattling. And I'll say, look, I'll find 10 people with 6 million U.S. dollars and I'll put it together. Are, are you kidding me? 60 million bucks. They made their first their first shipment of toys made that back. There was a time where a toy sold every 30 seconds during yeah. the 2012 uh, Ninja Turtles. I mean, that this is this kind of stuff. It kind of makes me mad a little. It doesn't matter if you've been playing a character forever. You're constantly auditioning for roles you already had, roles that you helped, you know, create a buzz about or whatever. And it's true, like, the studios make so many millions. Like, hey, you can do it for scale or they're going to replace you. Like, totally. thanks. They you did. know, a lot of people don't, yeah, they don't realize yeah, that there's did. not, there's only, the only reason there's a star system for animation people is because of the fans and the oh, internet. So oh, thank you, 100%, fans. 100%, yeah. sweetie. This yeah. is so fan-driven 
But the yeah. other side of that coin is that we love that. I oh my god, so grateful, and I cannot wait to get back on the road because I've been able to keep working. We all have, you know. But going out there, whether people buy a damn thing is not the issue. The, to to be able to meet thousands of people from around the world and find out the extent to which our respective characters have connected with people on a on a profoundly deep level that things that I would never have had the good fortune to know were it not for these opportunities. You know what? Oh. I This is a whole other discussion. I want to get into some Comic-Con stuff with you in a minute because you're so right how important it is and hearing everyone's stories and how much we've touched lives. It's so beautiful. So save that because we're sure. going to come back to the um, con story in a minute. I just want to, uh, you know, when you spoke about shows that you thought were going to be big hits that didn't quite make it there, for sure where I met Brad, um, the new Rocky and Bullwinkle adventure show on Amazon, which is one of the best animated oh, really projects good. I've ever yeah. seen. Uh, people, I don't know, they just didn't seem to know about it because if they did, it was a pretty extraordinary show. And Brad Norman, you were so brilliant in oh. it. He was already cast when I showed up and they did like a, like a, what do you call those auditions where you have to see, like a chemistry read. Yeah. And um, anyway, you are so impressive from the start, but I also want to get into your origin story and and how, how you got to where you got today. Uh, I grew up, well, I was born in Warren, Michigan. Not what? far enough. Yeah, yeah. I was born oh. in Warren. And I grew up in Centerline, which is just on the border of the city. I know, right um, where that is. My, my... Yeah, you, I was going to say, I, Rob, you, you could draw it from memory probably. <laughs> <laughs> my cousins went to uh crestwood high school in dearborn heights oh i'm sure we like wrestled them or lacrosse oh, or something like that you know like... <laughs> um i i got my start in uh commercials and uh I, well i i studied at western michigan university in kalamazoo um i did everything there but improv comedy and musical theater and that's exactly where i went to work when i graduated I, I moved to Chicago and I started working. Um, I started working on second city house teams and then I started working in, um, you know, musicals I was doing at, at one point I, I, I managed to quit my temp job to do three different acting jobs all week long. I do How Shakespeare. I know. Right. I do Shakespeare in the morning for high school kids at the Ivanhoe. And then I'd, uh, and then I do a musical, uh, eight times a week. And then I do late night improv shows all weekend. So, you know, I, it was cool that I got to do that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've been doing this for, you know, 23 years. And I got to say, I, I not a day goes by that I still don't feel like the new guy, you know, as far as cartoons go, like, yeah, man, I, I've always loved cartoons. I've always, I've always loved animation. I've always loved all the characters. They, they all touched me in lots of awesome ways, you know, and helped develop, you know, the person I am today. Um, but like, uh, but when it came to Bullwinkle, you know, I'm a character actor, you know, I, I'm six, three with a face for radio and, uh, Stop. uh, says so the man uh, who has a progressive commercial on the air right now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Don't make now, me share my screen. When I get anything across my desk or I audition for anything, I always think of it in terms of playing a character. And what I didn't know was when I started working with folks like Tara and, you know, like a couple other people that came in and out of the show, you know, and the more people that I met in voiceover, that is whether they nomenclature like that or not, that is their approach. They don't think of it in terms of um, 
like I'm doing a voice. They think of it in terms of I'm playing a character. Boom. And, acting and, and, is acting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and I agree with Rob, you know, the cool, the extra cool thing about voiceover is that, you, is that the concept of type is removed. Yes. You know, so you can be, How you know. is that? Isn't right. it, Brad? My goodness, the opportunity. And, and when you have someone like Tara, who is so freaking versatile and, mm -hmm. and can do stuff, you know, every actor says, oh, I can do this. Oh, I want, I want to be a bad guy. I'm a good guy. I can do Shakespeare. I can do Neil Simon. Of course, we all think we can. But yeah. we're talking about 50 million bucks of someone else's money. They yeah. have the right to make some decisions. But when you turn Tara loose or, or um, Gray or Tress, Jesus, it's yeah. magical. Yeah. And I, so yeah, you're right, man. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, it's rare in this industry to like not have type stirred into the soup, you know? Totally. And, and, and with voiceover, like I said, I mean, you know, you could be as big as me and play a character that's that big, you yep. know, <laughs> or, you know, or vice versa. And I, that, I really love that. I love that challenge of it. You know, playing Bullwinkle, I mean. And by the way, you kill it. You just oh. look yeah, you really, you really, you really do. No, you really do. <laughs> no, you, 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 really you, good. you know, Robbie and I have seen a lot of people copy a sound, but not incorporate their essence. And you really got that down. Yeah. And that's you know, really I, difficult. Yeah. You're, when you're trying to pick up the mantle of an iconic character, Jimmy Cummings is really good at that. I'm yeah. not, I, I, I'm not, a, I, I can create my own stuff, but when you are, you're dealing with a very precious character. Yeah. And, and millions and millions of people know that character. So like Tara said, if, if you don't have the essence and the, uh, just the sort of general soul of yeah. Bullwinkle, it doesn't matter whether it's a cartoon or a David Lean movie. It's about yeah. authenticity. So you freaking killed it. And it's oh, man. difficult to pick that up. That means so much, really, honestly. I mean, because, uh, you know, again, like I auditioned, I auditioned maybe 300 times mm -hmm. for various voiceover projects. And I wanted to tell I everyone booked, because people are really a lot of there's a lot of hopefuls watching our show. Brad yeah. Norman had what it was it 300 animated auditions before a book. At least. Yeah. I mean, I could, yeah. So I mean, don't give up. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, Bullwinkle was the first thing that really came through. And um and you're right, Rob. It's like, you know, when you get these legacy characters and it's like, you know, where, first of all, there's all this, like, there is, there's all this hallowed ground with them. You know, there's all this like sanctity yes. with the characters and, and, and sanctity and comedy don't normally necessarily, make yes. good bedfellows, you know? Yes. So it's like, <laughs> you know, so it was, I mean, I, I walked a line for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, but I found it easy uh, the easier than I thought it would be because um, because I, I well one I was really lucky because we recorded as a group which so fun was, better. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah it's always better you know because you're getting that like and plus with Rocky and Bullwinkle you want that like sure intrepid, you want to be able like, to hear what I'm telling you play. you're really dumb right you know and it's like and most of the time when I when people ask me how to do it or like what how to approach a line, I always tell them like you have to think about who you're talking to. Sure, it's you know like are you talking to your best friend or are you talking to some stranger on the street? There's a different tone. There's a different like priority there. Well, you don't know? you think, Ben? All of you, don't you guys think that axiom goes a high tide raises all boats? I, I am way better 
because the people in my life at work and personally, but Greg and Tara and the people with whom we've all had the great, great good fortune to work, make us better. I'm better because Tara is with me. I'm better when I can work with Greg. And, and, mm, and I don't know if we can really put Greg in that. Category. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, I'm in, I'm in the much better category. If you want to <laughs> there you go. But it's I, but I, think, I think that's absolutely true. I, I, I'm grateful that we have the sort of gig that doesn't, uh, that we're, from which we're precluded performing as a result of COVID. But yeah. man, oh man, I would always prefer to be with the other actors. It's, Sure. It's way, even if the stuff that we're riffing doesn't end up on the, uh, in the script, yeah, it ends up, the energy ends up on the screen and it is absolutely uh, 100% imperative to me if it's doable to have everybody together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I feel like we were lucky. I feel like I was lucky, yeah. you know, to walk into that situation and have like sort of a radio because it, it felt to me more like theater. Totally. which is kind of where I came from, you know? So it felt more you like yeah. a play, mm-hmm. you know, or like did an another show together after that one, Brad Norman. We did another uh, one together. Uh, we did, uh, we know. did some, we did Woody Woodpecker shorts, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you got to play. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That was Bowser. Uh, yeah. Bowser was, uh, he, he just voiced Woody in that one, didn't he? Or- yeah. Well, I'm sure he voiced a bunch of other characters. Bowser yeah, does every voice. He's Amazing. so insanely talented. He is, and he's the sweetest guy. Isn't there something else, Brad, that, that you noticed? I, I have done a lot of on camera, a lot of theater, all that stuff years ago. And, but I'm telling you what, the most gifted, unpretentious, willing to help actors are voice talent without question. For sure. Well, it's because like what you said, you're not, it doesn't matter what you look like. So there's less people in there that are just there to be famous or just because they're a pretty face. There's so much more um, to why we're all there. Speaking of why we're all here, I don't want to ignore you, Ben. Um, Your your story is unique. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how you um, got so involved and, and just a little origin story of Ben. Sure. Well, I uh, I was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan, to parents of Western <laughs> Michigan graduates of Western Michigan University. Oh, are you kidding <laughs> that's me? Amazing. That's, that's amazing. That's the truth. Are you oh my gosh. Truth. Yeah. yeah, and my parent, my dad, grew up in Inkster. Uh, just what? outside of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a Michigan Livonia. show. I lived in Livonia when Livonia. I. Oh wow. Wow. So yeah. So we're we probably are in the same gene pool. So I can't marry all of yeah. you then? Darn it. Oh or if you marry God. one of us, you're marrying us all. Yeah. Okay. If you're, right. if you're so, watching and you've yeah. ever wondered where they're shipping it, today it's Michigan. It's Michigan, right? Yeah, they're they're shipping ship it to Michigan. Michigan. Oh, we should have brought Ty on. Oh my gosh, should I see if he can join? <laughs> yeah, bring him in. You guys uh, want someone? So, Hold on. Um, Hold on. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's so crazy. I moved from Michigan uh, when I was like six yourself. months old. Yeah, like six months old. So I don't remember it too well, you know, okay. but um, I, you know, grew up in New Hampshire, went to school for a little while as a, an opera and a voice guy, voice singer. And uh, that quickly beat the hell out of performing for me. And uh, I ran away and um, made a career in publishing. And uh, about 20 years ago, my daughter was born and surprised us with a giant tumor on her neck and was... Uh, Spent about a year in the hospital um, and then repeatedly was hospitalized over um, that the next 15, 20 years. 
um, nearly dying a bunch of times. And on the day that they were going to kill Obamacare in the Senate, um, it was the hundredth day of one of my daughter's hospitalizations. And uh, I saw a thing online from my friend Alyssa Milano, who I didn't know at the time, just saying, if you're, you know, you want to do, if Affordable Care Act is helping you, make a quick video, tell us why. And I made a video in the hospital room about being there for a hundred days. And it got to her, she got to me the next day, it was on MSNBC and uh, Bill Maher and, and all these other places. And suddenly I had a, a little bit of a platform to start talking about things. So I started talking about things and writing and uh, doing a lot of things. Um, and uh, because the world is a strange place that led me to Tara and a bunch of other people who are who are very dear in my life. But on the um, day of the Parkland shooting, um, Alyssa and I were working on a completely different uh, social media activism thing. And then we're watching the reports come in of the shooting happening in Florida. Um, and we're seeing David Hogg, who we didn't know at the time was nobody knew, just sort of doing that live reporting and saying we can't not be in this particular fight anymore. And uh, the next, by the next day, we had a, a group of several hundred um, celebrities and activists uh, and gun violence prevention organizations banded together called No RA, um, aimed specifically at taking on the NRA and taking their influence out of politics. And we, we spent um, a lot of time doing activism together and doing successful things and lobbying Congress and uh, making big sort of social media plans and and driving a narrative around issues that we think are really important. And in the last um, the last two years in particular, that's been a very big part of of the work that we do um, in in mobilizing the stories around issues that affect our lives and um, bringing together people from activism and micro influencers to big celebrities in the arts and really effective. Um, organizers and people who are elected officials and bringing people all into one place to sort of uh, manage how we can tell our stories, how we can most effectively move uh, social change in the direction we want to move, doing all that kind of stuff. And that's sort of where I find my life these days is um, going from, uh, from, you know, Navy guy and opera singer and humble beginnings and, uh, you know, Kalamazoo to, uh, to humble present in Massachusetts, but still fighting the fight. So. Oh, you're so good at it. And today's a really big day. We would be remiss in not talking about what a big day. I hope we have some um, positive, sensible gun laws passed in this country. Um, we're very good friends with Fred Gutenberg, who lost his daughter, Jamie, who I caught just the tail end of him on MSNBC today. And all sensible gun owners want sensible gun laws. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for all that you do, Ben. You're amazing. And well, then we'll get again. into how I abuse you at cons in a minute. Also, let yeah. me just say one other thing. If you guys ever are curious about something political, um, you know, I'm a little Canadian girl. Ben knows everything about everything. You can't stump him at all. He's just so brilliant. You really are. So I am stumped by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, totally stumped. Completely stumped. Uh, Don't understand it at all. So that's your one thing. One thing. That, yeah, that's, that's your first thing. mistake. Yeah. Trying to understand. Yeah. Okay. I okay. Truly, I truly never expected the Antichrist to be a bleach blonde. I just didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, Ben, um, how, how is your sweet baby girl? How is she? She is just finishing her freshman year in college right now, and she's doing. You know, saying it's a little dangerous to say out loud, but uh, but having a really good like year and a half stretch. We haven't been in the hospital in a long time, and so she's doing great. Yeah, yeah, That's... she's really. 
That's yeah. awesome to hear. Oh, you know, Papa. I, this just came out of nowhere. I just remembered my, I, my last pre-COVID thing, Rob, was supposed to be going to see you in Boston at the City Winery. Oh my and God. I had gone to see Morgan James like the week before that. And I saw that you were going to be there. And I went to buy a ticket. They said, you can't buy a ticket. We're going to be closed down, we think. Oh. And so they wouldn't let me buy a ticket to come see you. So oh. you my, yeah, it was, so now's it your almost treat. was, but yeah. Unless you well, like somebody listen. on here. We're, you know, we're in touch now. We're, we uh, are booking all sorts of shows. Nice. In the City Winery in Chicago, uh, New York, and, and Boston. Uh, we've been there twice, and we're going to come back. So cool. it would absolutely be a, a, a privilege to bring your you, your daughter, your, anybody you want. Oh. Oh. You it. oh uh, is, this, is, the live show, is the live show the Yakko Pinky stuff that you're doing? Yes. Is that what uh, yeah. The music of Animania with Randy Rogel, who wrote it's a great big universe and we're all really puny. We're just tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney and, and all that other stuff. You just broke and, the internet. Uh, <laughs> ben, that show, Warner Brothers gave us a licensing deal that's just been wonderful. But you know, we do it with 80-piece orchestras and then Randy and me and uh, the piano. And the audience, the breadth of the audience is eight or nine years old to 80 yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to see you in a bar, right? Like I thought that would be fun to see you in a oh bar. My God. So, yeah. Listen, once Yakko has a couple of pops, it's pretty goddamn. Right. <laughs> I love that so much. That's, yeah. I mean, it, and it's true. The all ages are fans of, of the shows that we do. So let's, it's let's crazy. go a little bit into some Comic-Con experiences. Anybody can start of like a favorite. Wait, 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 Rob, sing us a song. You're going to make him work. Oh, yeah, Rob, sing us a song. <laughs> okay, you guys probably, and, and I'm sure your your viewers know um, the Countries of the World song that Yakko. Oh my God, I, w I was hoping you were going to sing that, but I wasn't going to ask you because I okay. know what a big deal it is. Are Check you going to do out. that? There's a new lyric that has been written that Randy, who's so freaking prolific, wrote because I think he had an extra 11 minutes on a Tuesday. I used to get shit from people saying, uh, you know, Mr. Paulson, that song is no longer relevant. And I just, oh, Jesus, come on, don't give me that nonsense. It's, a, it's become kind of an iconic little tune. But Randy yeah, said, no, you're right. There are a bunch of countries that have sprung up since then. So check this out. <clears throat> Montenegro and Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. South Africa, Georgia, Moldova, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, hey, Kazakhstan, hey, then the Tajikistan too, hey, hey, Turkmenistan, hi, Kurdistan, Armenia, Tongo, Palu, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S., Samoa, the Balkans, Brunei, Macau, and Crimea, then Eritrea, Ukraine, and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast, and Cape Verde, Andorra, the Solomon Islands, Dubai, how about that? Wow. <laughs> I think that's, a sh that's our first ship drop. I think that's what? A I think, that amazing. I think so. I think well, I, I, I think I choose you. So let's just close that deal. Okay, good. Amazing. Oh, there goes my union membership. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Extra background that. work for you. Yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, okay. Everybody, share a favorite con story. You can go in any any order that you want. You can tell one or two favorite stories. Wait, I got. Wait, Brad Norman, have you been to a comic con yet? Not, no, and have not, no, no. Okay, then you, uh, wait, 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 your, wait, wait, your story is going to be on, because our show's about shipping, any, mm -hmm. like, fun fan art you've seen on Rocky and Bullwinkle, or anything fun you want to share, or any fan stories online that you've had? Uh, yeah, you know, um, well, hmm, gosh, let me You think can think about, about it if you want. Yeah, let, let me think about it. All right, that. Robbie, take the con question. Yeah. Okay, well, I, yeah, as Tara said, we all have 
it's an embarrassment of riches. Um, one in particular, and, and I think you guys all know this, there are um, often people on the autism spectrum really connect with animated characters, uh, so many of them. Um, having had the remarkably wonderful experience of meeting many autistic folks, often people who are in their 30s and are brought by their sweet mom and dad or their siblings because in, with their particular autism circumstance, um, they will always require some help to do the normal mundane stuff that we all take for granted. But I'll be damned when it's Harley Quinn or Michelangelo or Beast Boy or Winnie the Pooh, yeah. you know what I mean? For whatever reason, if that particular character is what connects with that sweet young person, um, those experiences uh, for me are, are transformative. I, I mean, I learned that my work is about way more than a paycheck, an action figure, a rating point. I have had uh, one in particular that, st that sticks out uh, with respect to folks on the spectrum, a young man about 30. This was in uh, your nape of the neck, Ben, um, over at, um, it was uh, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, a couple of years ago. And a young woman, probably 35, uh, her, her brother, whom she brought to this event, was standing in line. And she came up to me uh, to say, Mr. Paulson, I just want to let you know, that's my brother. And um, he's having a hard time right now. But it was really important that he meet Yakko. And um, we drove, I don't know, from Pennsylvania, way too far. But he lives for Yakko. Uh, he struggles with really brutal anxiety uh, and agoraphobic, uh, agoraphobia. And the, the poor man, I mean, you know, as I said, about 30, but he was maybe 20 or 30 people down the line and was, you know, crying, rocking back and forth, um, doing this. I mean, it was really, really difficult to watch. And the sister wanted to, you know, not warn me, but just prepare me. I said, no worries. We've all done this a zillion times. I see him. I understand. I know what's going on. Thank you for letting me know, but we'll get it took care of. And bless his heart, that sweet young man, uh, his sister gave me a quick backstory. She said, now it's a long ride, Anthony, and it's about four hours, but uh, if you wanna go, I'll take you. And Anthony knows going into a situation like this, what's gonna happen to him. He knows going into it, it's, it's difficult, but it, I don't know that, he'd still, that he still knows who I am. It's not the issue. It was about Yakko and he, no, he wanted to go. So his sister brought him and bless his heart. I mean, it was hard to watch, but as a side note, what we all love about the inclusivity and the nature of these wonderful events is that no one looked sideways at sweet Anthony. In fact, people went out of their way to say, Hey dude, I'll hold your place in line. If you want to go outside and get a breath of air and, it was exactly what we, we would hope that normal life is like, where everybody is accepted. So, That's right. you know, he was there going through it just so he could meet some fricking knucklehead who does Yakko's voice. So by the time he makes it up to me, and I've got a series of photos, I, I, they might not translate so well, but anyway, his sister took these three shots and 
she's shooting over the shoulder, over my shoulder as Anthony walks up. He finally makes it. And I mean, the guy's perspiring, weeping open, openly, rocking back and forth, apologizing. And he makes it up to me. So I put my hands on his shoulder. I said, hey, buddy, hey, you made it. You made it. Okay, okay, okay. And so we started to talk a little bit. He kind of got his shit together. And then Yakko starts talking. Mm-hmm. This young man went from utter despair, you guys, to, and, and was for about 10 minutes, as they say, neurotypical. That is to say that he connected immediately. He got the authenticity. All of his difficulties went away, just like his sister said it would. Just the reason, the reason that he put himself through that. And A, I will never forget it, but it is also not unusual, uh, whether it's a character I've done, Tara's done, Brad's done, any of us, Greggy, we, we all have that experience and it is profound in terms of, of, of the gift that we're all given um, and, and, and the, uh, the importance of the gift. It is, it's just mind blowing. That young man for the, for the last 10 you're, minutes. You're so giving to them. You, you're uh, lined up for hours and hours. You're, it's isn't that something? Thousands of people. I mean, just for the world who doesn't know, who hasn't been to a Comic-Con, which normally there is oh. a con somewhere in the world every weekend. Yeah. Animation people are lined up all day. It's hundreds day. and hundreds of people. And you never are cranky. You're never tired. You're always giving and getting up and hugging. And you're just one of the good guys, Rob. Well, thank you, you sweetie. And, and I, I, that plays right into what I said a bit earlier. Everyone who does this, by and large, is like that. Um, we get that it's not really about us. It's about the characters and, and the ways in which people embrace them often in times of in per, uh, parts of their lives that are things that we could never even understand. But that young man's sister and, and in other circumstances, the parents walk away with tears because Jesus Christ, for 10 minutes, their kids are as normal as they would want them to be for 10 freaking minutes. And then you think about what do they deal with every day? heroic stuff and to the extent that our little characters can get them out of that shit i i don't even know so thank you for letting me let thank you for letting me that's the power of cartoons it truly totally everybody together it's all inclusive doesn't matter your race your religion your age your creed where where you are it's just we all come together i mean look y'all I'm invited into this community. So if I'm invited in this community, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were invited. I just don't know how you kept your card, like how you get to stay. Yeah. Like, how have you not been voted off the Greg, island? Greg, is a cartoon. That's why we love him. He really is. Can you imagine someone else playing Beast Boy? Like, what? No. Never. Right. Well, yeah, and, and you know what? I, I think I have an interesting perspective here because, again, like, I spent 20 years working in commercials. I did, but I've done well for myself in commercials. Yeah. I, I have nothing to sneeze at. And there was a time in my life as a younger man, thank you, (laughs) you know, the the concept of a community 
within a specific area of acting that I would have probably had sort of a gut cynical reaction to that. I would have mm-hmm. been like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so we all live in a, an apartment together. Is that how we're, you know, I mean, there's a time in my life where I would have scoffed at that. But the truth is, is that I felt like I was almost having the fan experience when I was working on my show because I was That's so true. new to the the whole process, you know? And, um, and but 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 I gotta say, I mean, it, what I, 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 even circling back to what Rob just said, you know, the fact that, I, I've never worked with a with a group of actors uh, that were so quick oh. to support. You know, like that that, that could, could see it. You know, see that you were unsure about something, and, and just be on top of you in a second. In an on camera situation, that might be more of a blood in the water sort of thing. You know, uh, totally. But but with voiceover, I really did feel maybe for the first time a real sense of like actor community. Um, because everybody kind of went out of their way to meet me. Everybody kind of went out of their way to, uh, uh, you know, sit down right next to me and ask me if I had any questions, you know, like I, I, w- I was, I, w- I really was, and still am to this day, pretty overwhelmed by the generosity of the people that I worked with in animation. Um, and, uh, and you're right. I mean, Rob, it, it's, it is, it's like, you, you know, that you're like sort of the, as a voice, you're sort of like the spinal column of this character, right. but so much more of it oh. makes the character, you know, like yeah. so much more of it. And, yeah, and, some and fan mail for, for Bullwinkle. Do people like tell you how much you meant to them and stuff? I, I get, I get, I, I get maybe a letter or something or an email like every like yeah. six months or something, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, it, it's okay. You know, um, I think a lot I'm of people keep don't, them, Brad. don't you worry. I'm going to keep sending those every I, six months. I think a lot of people, <laughs> I always figure I'm talking to Ben anyway. I think, I think a lot of people don't know and your Instagram's super cute and you post a lot of stuff with the moose. You're so, you're so good at that. I think, can I tell you something? And this is, you know, I would not just blow smoke up your moose, but it's, you were so brilliant in that show and that show oh, was so brilliant. Really it's just good. that people don't, don't, know where to find it didn't i don't know if it was well publicized but especially season two by the way you start episode one season two it's pure brilliance uh yeah it is damn weird owl and like crazy good song where can we watch it on amazon fabulous it is damn funny yeah you can watch it and and it's seriously like you know i I, like i've been in like 200 commercials okay like yeah not joking you know yeah. so and i can't think of a commercial shoot where when i was done i was like man i, I would love to go back and do that again <laughs> yeah. like every yeah. day all day this week yeah. you know like yeah. and, and 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 with animation it was really totally the opposite like i yeah. mean i i mean now that once the show was over, once once our show was over i missed it tremendously i know me you know? too what and, a great uh, cast and and I think that it really is, you know, we as actors, we like that opportunity to serve. You know, we like that opportunity to serve an idea, a joke, a concept, a piece of artwork, a moment, you know, but we rarely really have a great idea of what our impact is. Oh, yeah, you know? no. And you'll you see, you'll see when you start that. going back to cons. You'll and and see, so, man. but it makes me feel good to hear stories like what Rob just said, you know, because I, I've had experiences like that within like my extended family over Christmas, you know, like, you know, somebody's cousin's wife would come up to me and, you know, kind of tug on my shirt and be like, look, my little boy is really shy, but he like really loves Bullwinkle. You know, do you think, I mean, before I know it, I'm sitting down on a staircase. Next to this, yeah. Next to the six year old kid. 
and he's got a ton of questions for me. Oh. You know, and he just wants to hear me tell dorky jokes. I want to hear you, know? you tell a dorky <laughs> joke as the moose. <laughs> yeah. What's the okay? <clears throat> What's the best way to count your cows? I don't know. Why? With a calculator. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh is. my god. <laughs> that's an antique. That joke's an antique. Be careful with that. That's, that's the funniest I've ever heard you. Oh, <laughs> oh. that's really well, good. Man, you wait till you start going to conventions because yeah, when you'll you, see. When you see people in front of you who are brought to tears by your character, and then they you hear their stories, often it's Oh my God, you know, Terry, you're the voice of my childhood and you know, blah, blah, blah. Then you meet someone every event who, who through tears will say, but for Tara and her shows or, or Greg, my childhood was in the shitter. Yeah. And, and, and I was in the foster system from the time I was six months old to 18. And it was brutal every time I had to go to a new home. But Mr. Paulson, as long as there was a TV there, and now I'm fine. Here are my kids, my wife. We're all wearing our pinky in the brain t-shirts because my wife knows what that show meant to me oh. and, and got me through. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. So yeah. when you get to see that, Brad, it, it'll, it's just the most remarkable experience and it's utterly authentic. And as Greg said, it is, it has nothing to do with anything but pure joy and gratitude. Oh, and I don't know. Fans speaking of speaking of joy, joy gratitude sitting beside me. What? Uh, I would love to answer some questions from our I know, live. but wait, for, first Ben has to answer the con questions. I'm just saying get your questions in so we can answer them live. The, the questions are waiting for us in the chat. Do you do you all mind hanging out a little long? It's been such a treat talking to you. No, it's been great. Okay, so we'll yeah. we'll get to fan questions in a minute, but first I mean I Greg's ben almost done with his burrito. Where why would we go <laughs> anywhere? <laughs> that is a okay. burrito. Okay, We're not going anywhere till <laughs> Greg finishes the burrito. I love <laughs> This is the biggest burrito ever. Uh, By the way. <laughs> I just like making an art house movie. I just, like I just, right there. I just muted him again. It looks like some sort of like Finnish psychodrama like, that's going on down there. You know, just the, the world's weirdest Italian. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like some kind of film school thesis. Just, like, yeah. I like the Chip and Show with Greg. I'm back. <laughs> oh, okay. At the end of the film, you realize yeah, it's you that's the burrito. <laughs> right. It's, we're all, it's, 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 it's always been it's you a, all along. That's so true. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ben, before this gets out of hand too much. Oh man! Here so I think us. this is going to be a little uh, a little different uh, because I'm nobody knows who I am. I don't do any of this. I know. Nonsense. No, <laughs> I don't know. Who that is. Who is this? But um, you know, Tara sometimes drags me along with her to cons to berate and abuse me, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I get nice fired. Nice work if you can get it, huh? Forty, fifty right. times a con. Well, then I was actually hired in the first place. I'm just there to look good. <laughs> but, um, but when I realized just how weird the world was, is that Tara? We were in a con somewhere. I don't even know where, but she had recently broken her foot like shattered her foot in a million places oh, and you had the boot uh, on. 40 fractures yeah you had the boot on. yeah and so like we had been we spent some of that con like 
going through the longest friggin' hallway on a wheelchair with a security guy who was not happy we had the wheelchair uh, <laughs> to get to a room that I think was right next to the room we started in. We had gone all the way the outside of the con to get there. And after that panel you were on, we went back and we were in the green room. And I think most people who don't go, who go to cons might not see, know this part of it, but there's a green room, which is the weirdest place on the planet. Because (laughs) there was a moment in that con where your foot hurt. And I realized that me and Maurice LaMarche are giving you a foot rub while Bill Shatner is sitting at a table really grumpily, 10 feet away. Uh Jason Momoa is playing hacky sack behind me. And I'm like, what did I eat? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's a very, very weird place to be that I don't think a lot of fans who like come to cons know that it's there, that that people are just kind of sitting around eating buffet food and and, like playing cards on tables and being like, I guess I got to go to my next thing. There's like a uh, department store break room. Yeah. Right. Kind of feel to it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kind of hanging out there before your shift starts again. Yeah. And I think that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a coffee pot model from 1991. Right. Yeah. You step outside in the big, you know, convention area and you feel like you're at the Manelli guest wedding reception. Yeah. Greg Sipes is waving a burrito. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tara, Tara yeah. charged like fifty dollars and fifty dollars an autograph at that wedding. Yeah, and a thousand dollars and a thousand dollars to rub my foot. That's but true. Ben also, I, I, like you know, when the kids come, a lot of times they're a little bit quiet to say their name. So like a handler will say, you know, what, what do you want signed? Do you want it specific? And so Ben would get like you know people putting like their names on sticky notes. Yeah. You guys know this on post it so that you get it right because half the time you're like, oh, let me sign this one of a kind maquette with the wrong name. <laughs> I don't know how many times this happened to. Me. But then I started like just sticking them all over. Ben's head and body. Anyway, you know what? We have so much fun at the cons. I just love, oh. I love, I miss that. Me so too. I have a public service announcement. Uh oh, what? A public what? service announcement from Del Taco. What? Make sure you eat your vegan burrito really slow, bite by bite, and enjoy every bite. Are you, uh, you know what? I'm just letting you know if you start teaching people how to poop, I'm going to mute you permanently. Greg's not going to be done with that burrito for three more days. No, but seriously, yeah. though, chew your food, y'all. Like, Dude, take your time, favorite, watch a show, eat a vegan burrito, and, like, just enjoy yourself. I love it. And, Dude, you know, I, like, listen, we're taking advice from a talking cheer pet. It's fantastic. Do, <laughs> do any of you guys want to be my new co-host for the Shippage show? <laughs> listen, <laughs> is that position open? <laughs> well, I hear that the work hours, you can kind of show up when you want. You know what? I'm going to tease. I'm going to, I'm going to tease a little fun to the crowd. We did do a Danny Phantom episode that's coming up. Oh, um, cool. And, and Mr. Greg Sipes is like to butch. So what's the show about? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to kill you. You know, nothing. Tyrell Crosby's come uh, to play. Uh, Robbie, show him your hat. Oh. Represent Tyrell Crosby. Of linemen, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, I mean they suck. I'm a. I'm a no, <laughs> See, that's Ty's a lineman for the wow. Detroit Lions. Ty plays for the Lions. He came to say hi to you. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ty. And got. I'm out here now. We got um, Matt Stafford has come out west to play for the uh, Rams. Wow. And uh, but you know what? To this day, as I said, I grew up. Want to be a hockey player so bad. I still go out and bang around with my buddies and 
to this day, when I cut myself, I bleed red, just like the freaking Red Wings, baby. I'm all about that. In fact, one of the defensemen, Danny DeKaiser, played, uh, he's a Kazu Bronco. He played um, at Western Michigan. There you go. Oh. I, you know, my favorite thing about the Rams was this past year, they had this, they had this um, slogan called, this is the Rams house. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even their house. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else in LA, they're renting. Do you think they were trying to get you know? squatters' rights to yeah. just like take the? Yeah, they, can't, they like saying it, but they can't really afford to have yeah, a home. Exactly. Home. Yeah, it's like this is the right. Rams' house on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me see. Okay, we're gonna go to some fan questions before we run out yeah, of time. Alex Sermon says, "Rob, do you think anyone could do voice acting even at a young age?" Sure, acting is acting. And, and I can tell you, um, my young friend, that um, the same Jones that I have to do my gig at 65 years old is no different than it was at 11. And that is the God's honest truth. I've been rich and I've been poor. Rich is way better. And it's <laughs> different. There's a different vibe when you're doing it to pay the bills and buy cat food and toilet paper and pay for cars, for sure. But the excitement to create, and as Brad suggested, when you kind of go, no, there really is something I want to go back and do again. I can't wait to go back to work again. It, it is never, 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 uh, ha that has never gone away. So, of course, you can act when you're young. That's when you should. Whether or not you make a dime at it is not the issue. Um, like a lot of us, I came to LA ostensibly to do commercials, music, TV, and move. That's what I was doing. But as often as the case in life, one puts oneself in a position to get lucky. And luck is absolutely when opportunity meets preparation. Right. So I was prepping myself, riffing in characters I create, doing bad impressions of somebody else's good impression, singing in characters for the noblest of reasons that made my soul happy. Then, when the opportunity presented itself in the guise of animation at 30-something years old, I was prepared. And boom, that's where it goes. But it doesn't have to be limited to show business, uh, my young friend. It's about doing what you want to do because it just makes you happy. Mm -hmm. and, and whether or not that ends up being a way in which you pay your bills, um, is not so much the issue as finding a way to keep cultivating that joy in your life. And um, so, yeah, go for it, kid. Yeah, I started when I was 13, and I'm at least 10 years older than that. Well, um, I'm sure Todd yeah, sure was, was going to say. with the NFL. I mean, like, right? What did well, you say? Time. He was eating. You know what? Maybe, can, you, can you put down the burrito long enough to ask a question? No, I have literally don't. like three more bites left. I'm don't do it, Greg. <laughs> don't you dare put down that burrito now, Oh, man. my God. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. like, Rudy, Rudy, Your whole arc, dude. Your whole arc. Once burrito's done, the life is over, so I'm going to save it. Do you want to ask Ty a question while your mouth's not full? don't you find it similar with your in your profession, like the same concept as far as doing it because you love it, and then all of a sudden you get paid for doing what you love? Yeah, and at least when you go step up from, like, college to – it's like the NFL, you can kind of see what guys are in it for the money, what guys are truly passionate, and the money is just a side thing. 
which is like a nice we're getting paid, but you're also doing what you love. Um, and those are the guys that really set themselves apart because they're the guys who play 10 plus years. They're always doing the right thing. Um, yeah. Usually the f- one guy I can think of that does it better than anybody else is Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Right on. I can, I can, and I can tell you that, that that is not dissimilar to any world-class athlete. Obviously the odds of any of us being here, we're able to make a living doing what, something that we would do for free is so unusual. It's a hundred to one. Easy. Right. Yeah. And, and to be a professional actor, to be a professional athlete, the odds are astronomical. However, Check this out. My hero was always Gordy Howe for obvious reasons because I'm from Detroit. And okay, I got to know Gordy and his wife, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Howe, very well uh, through charity events and hockey and all that. But check this out, you guys. Um, you made such an interesting point about guys being in it for the money. Um, there's no problem. I, I'm a capitalist. I, I, I want to make a lot of money. But Here's an example of what Gordie Howe said one day, and I'll never forget this. This is when Gordie Howe went from being my idol to my hero. And there's a difference. And it happened in five seconds. I was sitting next to Gordie at an autograph event in Vancouver. uh, And a young man, after waiting an hour and change, hour and a half in line, about my age maybe, came up and and gave Gordie a puck, asked for his signature. And we'd been signing for about two hours. Gordie at this time was probably about 65. So... He probably signed a million autographs by this time. And this is such a great example of what uh, you were speaking about earlier with respect to doing it because it's something you just can't not do. This man, young man said, thank you so much, Mr. Howe, for signing my puck. Your hand must be getting really tired. And Gordy Howe put down his Sharpie and looked right at that young man in the eye and said, it's my pleasure, son. I've worked too hard for this privilege. How about that? Yeah. He still viewed it as a privilege. This is a guy whose signing bonus in 1948 was a Red Wings hockey jacket. And at, at that moment, he, re- he remembered, I'm a farm boy from, from Saskatchewan. It is a privilege for me to be here signing a puck for you. And he never, never thought thought anything other than that yeah that is a remarkable thing uh to never let the ethos of why you live the life the way you do get in the way um uh or rather get let money get in the way of what you're about and how grateful we are to be in a position that so few people have it's such and a I, great responsibility and blessing to be in these positions creators as artists as athletes to have the the fanfare of, of everybody, people wanting to connect with us and listen to us. So we mm-hmm. it's their absolute pleasure to give back and to honor our fans. That's what the Shippa Show is all about. That's why this is so cool to have you all on so you can express these these souls watching that we really do love you and appreciate you and we wouldn't be where we are without you. That have questions that we're ignoring. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm with my burrito, so I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Are you done since you finished your burrito? I'm going to wash my hands. Okay, Rokon Rokon wants to know when you're performing a role or a recurring one, is there a certain mindset you get into? So I'd say for Ty, who just left the room, we'll make him answer about mindset for games. Ben, maybe for you, you've you've been doing some good TikTok stuff and you you are 
big part of sorry not sorry with Alyssa Milano. So anything you want to talk about like in that way about getting your mindset, and then of course, Brad and um, Rob, if you're getting into a character, what's that mindset? Uh oh, uh oh, Ty's got goodies. Oh, so, so this is my helmet from last year. Oh, that's so awesome. You can tell it's a Detroit Lions helmet because there's nothing scuffed on it okay, at all. Take it no, easy. Like, oh, no, take it easy. Oh, wait. shipping? That's a real Easter yeah. response. That's a real <laughs> Easter response Just, to that. Look at that. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Our game ball when we beat uh, the Massachusetts team. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's always been a weird thing to me is this regional love for sports. It's like the sports ball team from near where I live is better than the sports yeah. ball team from near where you live. <laughs> where <laughs> where most of the weird. people who play on the team aren't from there. Yep. Right. It's so weird. <laughs> At my Brad, Brad, tell us uh, what your mindset was when you would do Bullwinkle. Honestly, I, I, uh, I, again, I really think of it in terms of it's funny how many times I go through it in my head when I'm reading animation and I think, how would I do this if it was live action? You know, mm -hmm. like, I, I mean, if, to me, they're moments, they're, they're moments. And for that character, the past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. They're just in a moment. They either, you know, they're either trying to get their point across or they're trying to understand something or they're trying to eat that ham you know, or whatever it is, you know, but like, it's so the random. most important thing. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I try to do is um, I try to come up with, I definitely try to think about like pre-life and post-life to a line, you know? So like, you know, a lot of times you'll hear me kind of go, wow, you know, or something like that, because I'm building up to it. I try to put that in there if I can, but more than that, I try to come up with at least three or four ways to say a line, you know, just for variety, you know, yeah. so there's, there's, because there's, there's that chance that, you know, like when I, when we recorded Woody, you know, that you'd be in the studio by yourself, just kind of making chilly willy noises for three hours, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you're not necessarily, you don't, you know, but that's how actors feel. I think when they're acting toward like a tennis ball, that's going to be a CGI character six months down the line. Right. Oh, you you know? have to you, use your imagination. Yeah, well, you, have, you always have to, when you're acting, yeah. you always have to use. So I, I mean, one thing I think if I was going to give somebody advice about mindset, I would be, I would say in a way you have to live like your characters. You can't bring any of the bullshit that you're dragging along with you from the outside life, like into an acting situation. You can't, you got to get rid of all your baggage, like whatever problem it is, you know, landlord shut the water off or whatever it is. It can, you cannot allow it to bother you or stinkify what you're trying to do with your character. You know, so that's so what I'm saying. I'm trying to live my life like a cartoon character, man. Yeah. Oh. And, it's, and listen, just as adults, we have a hard time compartmentalizing things that happen to us. You are uh, so right, Brad. And I'm sure like, like Rob said, we've all been through a lot of shit together. And a lot of that shit goes on while we're doing a show. I yeah. cried behind a music yeah. stand and then got it oh together. For, you know, yeah, you're right. You got to You got to be in that moment. Yeah, um, yeah, that's my. How advice. about how about you, Robbie? What about is there any um, particular character that had a fun mindset for you that you want to share with the world? Well, certainly they all do. I, I mean, there's, it's I, honestly it, this whole experience, even today, it's just an embarrassment of riches. It just gets better and better. And to Brad's point, um, it is really I think and well, any acting is about being utterly unselfconscious. You cannot let your. Um, he, um, 
ditto everything Brad said. I have been almost a victim of my own ageism because I was concerned that I might have been too old. In fact, um, uh, that's how important this issue is that Brad brought up. When I got the audition for uh, the 2012 TMNT over at um, Nick with Greg, my first reaction when my agent called was, well, do they know who I am? Not out of arrogance, but because I knew that there were half a dozen other iterations of Ninja Turtles that had nothing to do with the original voice cast. And I was 55 years old and I didn't want to get into the audition and have them go, oh shit. Yeah. That's, he was Raphael. Well, he's here. Let's throw the old guy. But it's not false modesty. I was just like, but what I had forgotten was that nobody cares about this. Nobody cares that I got wrinkles. Nobody cares that I'm a skinny old man. They care about whether or not I can, I can perform the character. And I had to get out of my own way. And this is after having done it for decades. I had to remind myself, the only people who got a problem with your age, you idiot, is you. Yeah. So if you're gonna go in there with that, oh my God, I'm 55, then don't bother. So as, long, as soon as I was able to get out of my own way, I did just what Brad suggested. I focused on the job at hand and I got the goddamn job. Yeah. Had I not been open to reminding myself what Brad said way more eloquently than I, I wouldn't have even gotten a call back. Yeah. So uh, that A, the hustle never ends. You have to learn to enjoy the hustle. And I do. I love the whole experience of being with my friends, my new friends, my old friends. And I take the work seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. No. I, um, I, uh, important, right? I really don't. And, and uh, it is important. Um, the opportunities that present themselves to us are so great. And we, we ask for this position. So when people say, Oh my gosh, isn't it hard? Isn't it hard to, well, I guess so. But I don't know any of us who had a, a parent who shoved a gun in our head saying, you better be an actor. <laughs> right. yeah. I chose to do yeah. this. Often, people who choose to be a performer do so despite the protestations of people who love them. They lose a relationship. They might even get a divorce as a result of their desire to follow. Same thing with, with sports. It's, it's hard. But it's a choice. And... So when I, when things go south, when I'm broke again, when I get 14 callbacks and I don't get the job, I feel sorry for myself for about four, for, you know, five minutes and then say, well, ain't nobody forced you to be here, junior. So I reckon you better get your shit together. Yeah. And, you know, Aww. so your brothers are so salient about all of that, about being in the moment, getting out of the way and saying, you know, all things considered, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else because I chose this. And then when it works, it's just glorious. This is why animation has touched so many people is because the yes. people behind it are such authentic, empathic souls. It's so obvious. That's true. Um, honey. Beautiful. It's hard to walk that line between the, the examined life and that like hypercritical part of your brain that tells you you can't. You know, I actually think that critical part of your brain, and I tweeted about it yesterday. I don't know if you saw, but, you know, if you're going to listen to a voice in your head, listen to the one that's encouraging and loving you today. Yeah. Because I actually, I, I'm not convinced that those other voices, Ben's going to hate me saying this, are, <laughs> are, are yours. I think there are other forces around that 
you have mm-hmm. to really be the be the one in charge of this vessel and decide I'm going to even if things are hard, sad, um, challenging, I'm going to be the one that prevails here. And I'm going to get myself there how, however I have to and squash that little voice as if it's not yours anyway. It's just like a tick right. that you can just flick away and then it can't hurt someone else. But And, and, and I know that there are people out there thinking, well, that's easy for you to say. Right. I've been here. I moved here in 1978. I didn't know anybody. You guys didn't either. It, it wasn't a big deal. It was where I had to go. I, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't when it, I'm not courageous. Mm-hmm. It was a Jones. I couldn't not perform. And the only way that I would find out if I could play in the big kid's sandbox was to go to LA or New York and LA's got the beach, you know? I mean, <laughs> That's um, right. So these are choices we make and yeah. uh, we can always change them. But yeah, we all have that. Little- Please don't change that choice, Rob. We'd really, really miss having If you believe what you can sandbox. see, you believe. Amen. And look at, look at Wingman. Wingman agrees with everything. He's so chill. That's my, that's my boyfriend. The highest my, on the planet. Look at him. my boyfriend. He's, look at looking, him. he's looking at you. He rarely ever looks at anything. Hi, like- Skaggy. Hi, wow. Skaggy. Love Wingman. Ben, wow. what about yeah. you? Do you want to talk about like when you're getting into doing the podcast? Or yeah, well, I think a lot of it is as, as a writer, right? And, I, you know, I think there's a lot to writing that's kind of similar probably to performing and from what I remember of performing is that you really have to think of your audience and the layers of your audience as you're putting them together and you know you kind of want to bring everything that you have and throw it at this thing but that's not necessarily the right thing for the people who are on the other end of it you know and what's important to me may not be the important part of the thing that I'm creating and knowing sort of what to filter out and I imagine you guys have that a little bit when you you know you have say I don't know a cartoon that's uh both for kids and adults, it has a lot of the adult humor. You have to know where to like lean into the innuendo and where to like pull back on the kid stuff and and that kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of that to writing. You have to be sort of that. You have to give room for your audience to hear the things that you're saying and getting into that mindset of of that it's not about me. It's about right. the other end of it. I think is a really important thing to do when you're creating anything um, because it's not about you. It's, you know, you're 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 creating a thing and then you're giving it away to somebody else. Um, and you don't want to give, like, I wouldn't want to give somebody a picture of myself necessarily, right? Like I want to give them the thing that they want to look at, like Brad, you know, or, or Rob <laughs> or Ty and that's it. Um, but <laughs> now I'm looking at Ty. I can't stop looking at Ty. He's pretty cute. Yeah. Speaking of innuendo, uh, you wrote on Foul American, which we, we've I been did. talking about bringing back, right? Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. Was nice. so much fun. That was so really nice. fun. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to take a minute to give oh, shout out to okay. ads. You know what? You know what? It's just mute. Okay. We're, we're done. Okay. Ty, just because this is such a nice treat that you're here, before you got here, everybody was talking about the fact that they were born within two miles of each other randomly. <laughs> so crazy, and, yeah. And yeah. Rob showed his hat, and I'm like, okay, we got to get Ty. And so since you're here, it's a special treat to have a sports star on the show. So maybe just share with the world um, how you got to where you got, and and your story can inspire other people's too. He does amazing things, just so you know, Ty um, works with um, – uh, well, you have, you work with a billion different um, charities. I always see you tweeting good stuff and putting your time in with kids. You That's visited, um, uh, I think you went to Dachau. Is that where you went? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. So tell just tell people a little about your origin story. Been playing, well, sports-wise. So my parents got divorced, born in Bountiful, Utah, just right outside Salt Lake. Parents got divorced, 
me, my sisters, and my brother and mom moved out to Vegas. And I was like an angry child because of that. <laughs> I'm like super, super destructive. And finally, one day, my mom was kind of over it. And she's like, you're getting into sports. So she threw me into football when I was eight. Um, and really, I haven't turned back since. My junior year of high school, <clears throat> uh, Oregon stopped by, met their coaches. They all loved me. Did my four years at Oregon, which was incredible, um, especially for my last game because somehow uh, our last game was in Las Vegas. So it was like a home like coming for me. But it was also the year of like during the October 1st shooting. Um, so one of the coolest things is I went down to our equipment uh, guy, Kenny Farr, who like him and I had a great relationship uh, while I was at Oregon and still do. But uh, I ran with the idea of, like, if I could change my number to 58 because while well, I was at Oregon, I was 73. He just, like, looked at me and was like, we're going to get it done no matter what. So it was pretty cool to have like, my final college game wearing number 58 to represent the 58 people that lost their life from October 1st and then just being in my hometown to do it. Um, that was my favorite story from Oregon. And then my second was there's um, this thing that Nike did with us. So if you guys heard of, like, the Dornbeckers shoes. Yeah, yeah. So Doran Becker's hospital reached out to Oregon and there's three players and then three kids. So we all got partnered up with kids that overcame cancer. And the girl I worked with, her name was Sophia. Uh, one of the most creative people I've ever been around. <laughs> her and I got tasked with making the shoes and then the helmets for that game. But the coolest thing, she like gave me a piece of paper and she's like, here's a design of the helmet. And the helmet was blue. And I was just kind of looked at it. I was like, do I tell her that we're green and yellow school and there's no blue? Me and the Nike guy, uh, he kind of like kept thinking about it because she put blue because she wanted to represent the sky and the sky being the limit. And just like hearing her story and just listening to everything she overcame. Like, him and I kind of were like figuring out how it'd be possible to like incorporate the sky. So we ended up just making the whole uh, helmets chrome to reflect the sky. But uh, those were my two favorite stories about Fantastic. Uh, and awesome. this year, your shoe was for uh, races. Yep. Uh, and you helped raise money for this organization that saves. Uh, uh, they're so incredible. You know, they raise money to um, represent the families who've been separated at the border in court. They give food and supplies to the kids in Trump's horrible baby jails. And they're an awesome organization. I was really happy that you chose them. Um, we've gone really long, and the fans are dying to know. So we have to play. Okay, Greg, I'm going to unmute you. You can ask your stupid question. We Wait a minute, a I was muted. I was muted the whole time. Why did you have God. did you have something intelligent to say? Twenty minutes of oh. propaganda down the drain. We lost a <laughs> we lost a lot of really good burrito chewing sound too, which is oh. I mean like, that room really tone is gonna be Okay. Really no. deep question because it's such a broad uh, opportunity to just use your imagination. Um, ship Mary Kill, someone from all, all of reality. <laughs> Can you guys see that? Ben, you first. Ben, okay, who would you like so, to shoot? Uh, <laughs> like if we're talking all of reality, I thought we were all in a cartoon universe before. Uh, no, but, no, uh, all of all of I, reality. Well, no, all I think it. all of cartoons is better. Hey, I'm asking the question. Come on. Oh, my well, God. I think my ship would probably be the same because this would just be wild for about 15 minutes, but it would be Toot Brownstein, right? Like that would be a. You're going to ship Toot? Be, <laughs> who wouldn't? I mean, Ooh, like, yeah. Toot, toot, toot. No. That was the best. But, there was an episode where nobody wanted to have sex with her, and people were like, right? "Not me, not me." And then it went to toot, and she's like, "Not me." She want to fuck herself. 
<laughs> and yeah, so for sure, uh, Mary, if we're going outside of cartoons, like who wouldn't marry Michelle Obama a billion times over? Right. Like I would just marry her. I do. I do. I do. Um, and then kill uh, TV's Brad Norman. Oh, <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, so you'd be doing the oh, state of Michigan. Dark. This got yeah, dark fast. I just, oh, oh, my. He's still here. I, that's how oh, fast I wear off. Nice. That's how fast my charm wears off. Wow. That's how fast. Yeah. I just know. You know what? I think that there's unmuted? a. Yeah, you're unmuted. You're unmuted. <laughs> did you want to did you want to say something? <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm unmuted. Why do you have something I have an of the question? I have an evolution of the question. Okay, go ahead. Um, so in the <laughs> this is good. Okay. So <laughs> instead of ship kill for the rest of you all, we're gonna play sink the ship or get on the love boat. Oh my god. Okay, now I'm gonna mute you. Okay. Um <laughs> just for the record, I would only I would only sink the ship if it was the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? You what? What is this new game that makes no Wait, sense? You're what double sinker. About? Right, back to the original question. Right. Did Mary kill someone? Okay, but, okay. The way this the way this game normally works is you pick a character in in typically animation. It can mm -hmm. be DC. It can be uh, Marvel. It can be a, a Nick show. It can be anything you want. Which character in your mind would you would you ship? Which means you want to like have a relationship, make out with, whatever. Which one would you marry? And which one would you kill? Oh, <sighs> it's a really complicated game. <laughs> okay, where, where do the boats come in? Yeah, we're we're just <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, uh, Robbie, go ahead. I would have I would marry Wonder Woman. That's a very popular answer, yeah. by the way. Well, I would marry Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, <laughs> who wouldn't? Uh, yeah, I would. What's the other one? Who who? Marry? Oh no, ship relationship. Like just you know, have a good time. Just have a good time, like um, like. Uh, uh, maybe not Ms. Right, but Ms. Right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this is the God's honest truth. Helen Mirren. I find her so. Oh, yeah. 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 For just real. for a good time. Just for a good time. Yeah. And then one. Plus, I like Taylor Hackford. So uh, anyway. Um, so the so the other side of the. And then the last one is who I would kill. Uh-huh. Oh, I would probably kill. Any one of the Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I would, and I would do it gleefully. Oh man, it's going to be Aww. such a hard day in Tubby Custard Land. Poor uh, Tinky Winky. Everyone's yeah. like too sad to eat their custard. Right, Brad, Brad Norman. <laughs> Let me see. I would try to have a relationship with. Uh, I would try to have a relationship with with uh, with Catwoman. Mm. Um, fun. You'll because, have fun. Uh, she's busy at night, and I like to cook. Nice. Um, and uh, you know she's a, she's she's, she's busy at night, and I like to cook. Yeah. Are you guys listening? You know, we're not gonna fight. We're not gonna have to fight over the DVR. You know what I mean? Oh my god! Right. She's gonna be out doing her stuff. Um, as much as I'd like to admit I've grown out of it, I still kind of have a thing for Moody Brunettes. Um, <laughs> Moody Brunettes. Yeah. I uh I I would um. I would probably marry a Powerpuff girl. Ooh, would it be Bubbles? No, it would not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, it would probably be Buttercup, wow. the Moody Burnett. You know what? I thought I liked you, but now I changed my mind. <laughs> um, That's it. We have to figure out how to Unless you want to kill TV's Brad Norman, too. We are not on this <laughs> Who do you want to kill? Uh, you know, 
Gosh, I don't even know who I'd want to kill. Maybe Chuck Woolery. <laughs> you know, oh my like, goodness! Fuck that guy. Yeah, okay. and like you yeah. could take over his empire. You you would step right into that role. Oh. I mean, I got the sideburns. You do. You could do it like right now. Let's see a two yeah, and yeah. two. Let's do do rock do Bullwinkle saying rock a two and two back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Just two and two back at you. You know what I'm talking about? Wasn't that the no. stupid stuff he said when he was on that Love Connection show? Oh gosh! I, even, I mean, again, I don't, I don't even remember. I don't even remember that. I, I just like all I remember is how much he deeply offends me on social media. I know he's the worst, and the worst. how he he's insisted really for the longest time on social media that Rocky and Bullwinkle were Canadian, which is a very popular misconception. Oh, we're from Frostbite Falls, asshole. Okay. Yeah, we're Minnesotans. Okay, don't get it twisted. Don't get it Do twisted. South. Yeah. To south of Beaverton, eh? Yeah, you're not Canadian, bud. <laughs> okay, Ty. All right. Oh, uh, what? Sex? Kill? Marry? Kill? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonder Woman. I'm going to stop and rob on Wonder Woman. Um, you guys, you guys are gonna have to fight over Wonder Woman. That's okay. okay. Listen, he wins. I love him. <laughs> Listen, Ty wins. Ty Any wins. young man that is working on behalf of the Detroit Lions, the most cities, <laughs> I am in. I agree. <laughs> I agree. All the lions. <laughs> and it's not easy. It's not easy. Oh. So I reckon that last year was bad. <laughs> um, I said kill Green Lantern because the movie was just that bad. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, at least you don't I think Warner Brothers, are, Warner Brothers already killed Green Lantern, I think. They're just never, ever going to show that character again. At least Ty yeah. didn't pick the wrong Powerpuff Girl. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, we've gone really long. We've kept these gorgeous people a long time. So I want to give you all an opportunity to share your social media and promote anything that you're working on, either show-wise or charity-wise. Now's your big chance. We're going to go in order of my Zoom. So, Ben, please tell everybody where they can find you and anything you'd like to promote. Sure. I am on uh, Twitter and TikTok as at BJacksonWrites. And uh, I... This is not anything to do with me, but I think it's really important right now. There is a great charity run by um, Sandy and Lonnie Phillips, whose daughter Jesse was murdered in the Aurora, Colorado shooting called Survivors Empowered. And they bring together survivors of gun violence to go and help new survivors of gun violence who've lost family members to, to mass shootings process that immediate pain and that immediate grieving. And they've created this network of survivors supporting survivors. And it's really, really powerful and important. So they are survivors empowered that you can find anywhere. And if you want to support them, they're uh, absolutely needing it right now. And also, um, sorry, not sorry, people can see that Oh, yeah. Um, Spotify. Yeah. So I produce uh, Alyssa Milano, Sorry, Not Sorry podcast. New episodes drop Wednesday, uh, Monday, rather, and it's available on every podcast platform you can find. Thank you for yeah. everything you do, Ben. You're Thank such you. a damn hero. Well done, Brad man. Norman, where can yeah. the world find you? Uh, I'm, Other than uh, progressive I, commercials. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a progressive commercial with, with uh, Flo. You probably heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Brad in Action uh, for all your Brad and action. Um, I'm <laughs> on uh, Instagram at BD Norms, and my Instagram is all over the place. I post a lot of art and uh, stuff like that. I have a podcast coming out in a few months uh, where I uh, play Dungeons & Dragons with a six-year-old. Oh, is that real? It, 
Yeah, that's real. Um, it's there's a season one is on is up now. I take over as uh, dungeon master in the second season, but man, it was one of the <laughs> funnest things I've ever done. This kid is Ooh. hilarious, you know, and uh, we let him call all the shots. It's Aww. just it's fantastic. Um, yeah, other than that, I you know I might drop a silly song or two, maybe one for Tolkien Day. Yeah, uh, you're a days. funny singer songwriter, and you're a great artist. I didn't really know you were a visual artist until this. Yeah, that, that was that was my thing. Wait, I, is your uh, kick-ass painting behind you that you could show the right? world that you did? Yeah, I think yeah, we see uh, some feet. Yeah. Look what Brad Norman oh, made. That's, cool. that's uh that's breakfast having coffee. Uh, my, my, <laughs> my most requested piece. That's awesome. You can see I really I really get into the darkness, you know, <laughs> the darkness of things. You know, thematically my I'm a Francis Bacon uh, of my time. Francis yeah. Bacon. I, yeah. Oh, somebody just donated on the um chat. So we have to say hi, thank you to Sin Sinor Busy Man. So I think we'll dedicate today's um, charity to the one you were just talking about, Ben, because that's really beautiful. We have a lot Excellent. of friends that lost kids. So anything that you guys donate in live chat, um, we'll be, uh, we'll read you guys out loud right now in the super chat. And otherwise, we'll put the links to donate underneath the video after we. And just so you know, when you donate to this super chat, whatever charity we're working on gets 100% of it donated. Um, everyone else here is just here to entertain you for love and give you support during these Amen. crazy times. So thank you, everybody. Um, Rob Paulson, where can everybody find you? What would you like to promote? I am at on Twitter at Yakko Pinky. One word, Y-A-K-K-O-P-I-N-K-Y on Twitter. Um, TikTok, I am Rob Paulson 311, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. Rob Paulson 311. Um, Facebook, Rob Paulson hyphen voice actor. And Instagram, Rob underscore. Paulson. Things that are very important to me as a recent throat cancer survivor, I have, uh, I'm the spokesperson for the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance. So you can go to wow. headandneck.org to be aware of things that you can do to help yourself and people you love. And also boo to bullying, B-O-O, the number two, bullying.org are two um, organizations, which I'm very privileged to be involved. And um Honest to God, all of you, thank you so much for letting me this. What a pleasure. And Ty, go freaking Lions. <laughs> I, am, I am in for the long haul, baby. So thank you. And um, all of you, uh, as, as we've said many times before, that laughter is the best medicine. And the cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free. So for Christ's sake. <laughs> Laugh from your soul every day, kids. Robbie, you are such Good a advice, hero. Yeah. What a wow, uh, you're uh, you, such Robbie. an honor to have you on. You're such My a great pleasure. And you guys rock all star. stay healthy. And thank God you're okay. Um, oh, I'm we fine. Talk about your um, cancer, and it was you kept it to yourself for a long time. In the beginning, people didn't know; they just thought you were getting thinner. And you know, when one of our own are in trouble, like we we love each other a lot in the voiceover community. It's real love, and. Thank God you're okay. Thank God those pipes are okay. We love you so much, Robbie. And of course you're taking your um, survivorship and putting it towards helping other people. Thank you, sweetie. Well, I'm yeah. a, we're, we're so incredibly blessed, aren't we? So um, yeah. you know, never has the phrase, we're all in this together, been more true. Um, we're dealing Amen. with it right now. We're, we're literally yeah. speaking to people all over the place. So yeah. all of us at your and Greg's kind invitation have, have made each other and a lot of other people just happy. Oh, that's what it's about. 
That's it what it's is about. What it's about. It's so, it is what it's all about. You know, yeah. uh, that and Detroit Lions football. That's really what. <laughs> Speaking of Detroit Lions, Ty Ty, tell everybody where they can find you and anything you want to promote. Both Twitter and Instagram is at Tyrell Crosby. Um, and then since I talked about it earlier, I'll just say Dorn Becker's uh, Pediatric Hospital. And it's just that something I've worked with so much and all the people there are all amazing and just what they do is great. So. Oh, all right. You'll text me the link and we'll put it on the show afterwards. Guys, we went long. I love you. We're going to all dance while we say goodbye to Sammy's theme song. I expect to see some movement. Go, Ty. Oh, there was a super chat donation from Liz Samberg. Thank you. Thanks, Liz Samberg. Super chat, super chat. Thank you, guys.